Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are, with me as your host, Sarah Poet. Now, if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit, that's okay. Have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went, wait, I left something of myself back there along the way? Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Hey, it's Sarah, the host here and the creator of Embodied Breath, my private practice where I use alchemical coaching and healing methodologies to help you live into your full truth so that you can be who you desire to be in the world. I believe that every woman has a truth that she's not yet telling and that to own that truth changes and even saves her life. At sarahpoet.com, you'll find trauma-sensitive tools, practices, meditations, my TEDx for modern women, an e-course for women to shift from silence into sacred truth, my blog with many more personal stories, information on conscious relationship and my work with couples and sacred union, links to working with me in various durations privately for leadership coaching and otherwise. You can schedule a consultation right there on the website if that's for you. Everything changes when we align to the truth of who we are, when we stop identifying with our old stories and traumas, and when we own that sacred truth and claim the path of sacred remembering for ourselves. I believe that it is the formula for everything from personal alchemy to planetary shifts. Thank you for being here, and thank you for helping to create change with your life at this time. Hey everyone, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about what is coming up on the Sacred Remembering Podcast. I'm really excited about what is forthcoming. As we approached May and Mother's Day is in May, I really wanted to make the lineup in May all about mothers and honoring the mother and being mothers and raising children in difficult times and and all really honest conversations. I feel like I can make a podcast just about mothers, but the interviews that I have been having for the lineup in May are some of the deepest conversations I've had in quite a long time. I think the podcast is just going to really invigorate you in May and uh, get right up into your heart space. There's so much beauty coming in May. You may have seen some of my social media posts about the lineup, but we have stories that are so honest and so beautiful about reclamation, about loss, about autism, about cancer, about raising boys. Um, We even have two men coming onto the con onto the podcast, excuse me, and um, they're going to talk about their experience uh, being raised by single mothers and 
also speak from the man's perspective about male female relating. So I'm really excited about that as well. So um, come on back all of May. And I wanted to also kind of get honest with you. I'm never anything but honest with you (laughs) Um, about some things going on with the podcast. So all is well, all is so well. I'm so stoked. Like I said, um, so while people go to work and commute, they usually listen to podcasts. So podcast numbers are down a little bit right now. So I really encourage you, if you love this podcast to share this podcast with someone personally recommend it. Um, and then I really want to put an honest call to action out there for you that I know are listening. We're getting about an average of a hundred downloads per episode. I'm super happy with that because I don't know who you 100 people are and I freaking love you so much for listening to these conversations. Thank you so much. So the feedback that comes in in the form of reviews, um, wherever you listen to podcasts are really, really, really helpful. They let me know what's working, what you want more of, what you want less of. I would love to hear from you. So please do that. Also, I am launching a Patreon for this podcast, and I really am excited to tell you about that. I've, I've spoken here and there about that on this podcast, but I'm calling for 100 Patreons, patrons by the end of May, which we can totally do because we're getting 100 downloads per episode. That doesn't even count who isn't downloading or who might be listening on my website. So I know you're out there. And why Patreon? So Patreon puts energy beyond behind a movement. Quite honestly, like that's what it does. It puts energy behind a movement. And some of those energetics are money, yes, because you can pledge a $5 amount, $10 amount, more than that. You can do a custom amount if you want. Um, very generous people out there, I know. And like the $5 a month is kind of not a lot to anyone. Um, I know that I have been a patron of artists on Patreon before, and it really works well to just give a little energy toward the creator of the podcast or the art. You can look on Patreon. There's, there's so many amazing creators on there. So it gives a little monetary energy to the podcast, which is super helpful. And also it just puts energy behind a movement that says, I believe in this. So that's the most important thing. It's like, I believe in this. I believe in telling women's stories. I believe in the power of sacred remembering. I want this to be a bigger movement. And um, I know that you're listening and I appreciate you so damn much for listening. You beautiful, beautiful people. I know most of you are women. I know that you are walking your own paths of sacred remembering. And yeah, like straight up, I'm asking for your five bucks a month. Um, to put some energy behind this. And I've also restarted to write my memoir. The creative juices are flowing. I think the the title of the memoir will match the title of the podcast. And so this Patreon page is actually for both. And um, for what I know about the publishing world, the numbers count. How many people support what you're doing really counts when you go and say, hey, I have a good idea. Um, they want to say, great, how many people think it's a good idea too? And, um, 
you know, I don't, I don't know that I love that so much. It's not like a popularity contest, but, um, I know that you're listening. Thank you so much for listening. If you can also put your name and five bucks a month to the fact that you are listening and believe in this, it really matters way more than you know. So it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Sarah Poet. And help me get to 100 or more by the end of May. Thank you so much. Here's the episode. Pamela Burdett worked 15 years in pediatric and cardiovascular ICU in snowy Minnesota, where she allowed her dark night of the soul to drag on for four years. She went for a little trip to the Caribbean jungles of Costa Rica in 2016 and never returned. An embodied light being, Pamela's mission is to facilitate the awakening of women to a higher level of consciousness, a remembrance of who they are here to truly be. She is an energy healer with a variety of tools, sacred cacao facilitator, writer, and yoga instructor. In this episode, we talk of Pamela's deep sacred remembrance, our hopes for the collective, and much more. Thanks for being here. Hi, Pamela. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Hi, Sarah. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I look forward to getting to know you better on this podcast and this conversation. We've crossed paths a few times. We have mutual friends, and you're in Costa Rica. I I am. I'm on the Caribbean side of Costa Rica. I live a little bit in the jungle. Yes. That sounds amazing. And what do you do in the jungle of Costa Rica? Um, I facilitate the awakening to um, one's sacred self using a variety of tools. So it all depends on the person who's sitting in front of me. But for example, I'll just share some of those tools with you now. I am a Maya abdominal practitioner. I do Maya spiritual work, spiritual baths. I'm a cranial sacral Reiki Thai therapist. I guide power vinyasa twice a week, and I'm a writer. So there's other things, but basically... That's what I do. Beautiful. Beautiful. There's a lot of healing in that. So you're really receiving people when they're, I would imagine, in transformation and, you know, in, in special times in their lives. Yes, that is so true. And sometimes what happens, um, is that, they don't yet even realize that they're at the door of transformation. (laughs) So I help them, you know, open that door and see what that can look like for them. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, really awesome. And the work I do brings me such joy. And I just want to preface it by saying I am a vehicle through which the work can happen. Mm-hmm. So I don't heal any one person. We all, it's, I think that's up to the individual to do that. But I am blessed with the ability to facilitate that work. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And I want to spell something out here or make clear something that I feel like in the early stages of awakening as a woman, I didn't 
quite realize. So, you know, we have these beautiful people on the planet like you, Pamela, who live <laughs> near the jungle in yeah. Costa Rica and help, you know, guide the, the soul evolution and have these, um, this bag of tools as a healer. And this podcast we say is for modern women waking up to the truth of who they are. And so, you know, I remember when I was in early stages of waking up to the truth of who I was, I would be like, oh, okay, cranial sacral or, you know, okay, this healer does this, but I didn't know how they got to be healers or if they were just always like that or you know is it something that you learn now now I've lived into that evolution and have <laughs> right. you know my own bag of tricks kind of thing but you started out as a nurse of infants is that correct uh yes I worked in pediatric ICU cardiovascular critical care and post anesthesia care So I did healing work, but I never really fit in that realm. In fact, I was the nurse who in my scrub pockets had stones and crystals and sage and all that kind of stuff. So I would walk around with all that stuff in my pockets. And I thought, you know, they already think I'm odd. God forbid I trip in the hall and all this stuff comes flying out of my pockets. You know, that's amazing. I'm going to be found out, but actually that's a beautiful question because my spiritual journey goes back to the first remembrance I had was when I was nine. And so we had an elderly couple. Again, I lived in the woods in the suburb outside of Chicago. And so there's something about nature and woods and trees. So I'm not that far away. I mean, I'm far away from from. Chicago, of course, but I still live in the jungle. So I've traded one tree for another. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was young, my mother and father would have us as a family of five go down the street and help an elderly couple like fold laundry and rake leaves and, and all that kind of stuff because they didn't have anybody around to help them. Well, one night... I woke up in the middle of the night and the couple was uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cassidy and Mr. Cassidy was in my room, but it wasn't just Mr. Cassidy. It was just his head and and there were about eight or 10 of his heads and I was wide awake. I mean, I was wide awake and I was looking across the hall to my parents' bedroom to see if I could run across the hall before one of the heads got me. Now the heads didn't have hands, but they had teeth. And I didn't know, you know, I was just a kid. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I was outnumbered by the head. So I went under the covers and I woke up the next day. I went to school, blah, 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 came home from school, was having a snack. And my mother said, Pamela, I just want to tell you that last night, Mr. Cassidy passed away. And oh, my gosh. Okay. And then I asked her if I could go outside and play. And she probably thought, wow, what a cold, 
response, but, and I couldn't really put the two together, but I was at such peace with that. And of course, looking back on that, not being able to articulate that at the time, but I knew that on some level. So it really began back then, but like a lot of women, um, I grew up in an Irish Catholic household. I went to Catholic school. I was, I was threatened with a three day suspension when I was six. Mm. I spent a lot of time in the back of the room of the classroom with all my books for whatever reason, I really don't recall. I asked quite, I asked questions and I often got in trouble for that. And that was a very confusing message. So in answer to your question, I think that we all see signs. I think the signs are always sent to us. But in the tribal structure that we grow up in, those signs are suppressed. It doesn't mean the signs stop. But the signs are always there. Did I answer your question? Yeah, that's really beautiful. Okay. And it brought up more and we'll just flow mm-hmm. with the conversation. Okay, sure, but, sure. Um, and we'll just brought up, you know, I wonder how many women listening are like, yeah, I had that inexplicable incident when I was a child that, you know, stuck with me forever, but no one else would understand. Or, you know, mine was like, <laughs> well, I don't even know if it's... Uh, important to go into it, but I would, yeah, I would see things that other people didn't see. And, um, and then I love what you said about, um, I love how you articulated it, not that it happened, but getting in trouble for asking questions. And this really lends toward a conversation about women and voice and how that kind of plays out. But I think we come in, as these curious beings, as these women who know things, as, as young forces of the feminine right. on the planet. And then we are taught, like you're saying, you know, modern life, modern society doesn't have the language or the structures to support this kind of knowing. And so we're told that it's wrong. It's suppressed. Um, we're encouraged not to ask questions. You know, I had a high school teacher who this man was (laughs) so all about westward expansion. Like he taught American history and westward expansion and the trains and his hobby was these trains. And he, he went all around the country visiting train things. And, and I would ask questions like, well, you know, what native American tribes were displaced at this time? Um, and, and he, he would look at me with anger in his eyes and be like, do not ask these questions. Uh, And, um, yeah, it's so confusing. (laughs) Right. So So confusing to break up the truth. Let's not talk about the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I was six or seven. I was still in Catholic school at that time. I think I left, I left around the time Mr. Cassidy came. So I was about nine when I uh, was transferred to a public school. But a boy wrote the 
F word on my desk. So I raised my hand when I was like seven and asked what it meant. It was back in the back of the room again. And I was like, I still don't understand what the word means. You didn't answer my question. And yet I'm in the back of the corner. I am so effing confused. Now, I did not say that because I didn't know what the word meant. But yeah. And then along the lines of what you were saying, again, in high school, I was kind of sort of speaking up and I was protesting, not protesting in the sense that I would go outside the school and, but I was asking questions. I was asking questions. It was, there were two trips in the year of high school I was in and I wanted to go on each trip, but the high school scheduled both these trips at the same time. So I was asking, why are these trips at the same time? There's so many people who want to take each trip. Why can't we have, you know, blah, 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 blah. Again, I was called into the principal's office. I was mm. like, what? What? why am I sitting in front of the principal again for asking questions? And the principal said, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> and I honestly had never heard that expression. I was probably 16. And again, I asked, what's the point of having cake if you can't eat it? <laughs> exactly. like, what the fuck? I mean, I just thought, yeah. am I the only person who is confused here? <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And, and so that happened a lot in my life. Yeah. So getting back to your question, I believe we are always sent signs, whatever those signs are. It could be through a song, a random conversation. Oh, I just got full body chills. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's like, yes, yes, you're sent signs. Yeah. Truth bumps. Yep. Truth bumps. Yeah. And so it's that we. I believe come to this world. I mean, I could go on and on and I'm going to really try and stay on track because I also heal through speech. I heal through sharing. And I had my um, Akashic blueprint records read recently and it was 45 pages and wow. in, in part, what it said was my energy center is communication. And it said, if you are not writing or speaking, you are not making money. Now, the only reason I share that, because this is specific to something else, but writing and speaking is what I do. So please keep me on track because sometimes I tend to go off. Oh, and these conversations can certainly flow. And I love how in what we've just captured in this episode, we haven't really done before in the podcast really to look at those childhood years and adolescent years and just kind of uh, name some of those things that always felt off. And, and then, yeah, we, we make a whole bunch of choices sort of as an adult about what to do with that. And I think that's the sacred remembering piece. And in the beginning of the podcast, I say, 
you know, have you had that moment where you went, wait, I left something of myself back there. Like I was convinced that asking those questions was wrong or I was, you know, tired of being the one that was always the rebel, uh, whatever, whatever the case. I mean, it's like (laughs) I was beat down enough that I stopped doing this or I thought that there was another formula for success. And, you know, we, we share that, um, in the collective of women, I think, you know, in this, in this generation, hopefully the younger women coming, um, now are not experiencing that as much, but I'll have to interview some, some of them, some of the millennials. But so Mm. I'm wondering, you know, when, what was the point, like, was there a bigger point of remembrance or a bigger, you know, line in the sand or event in your life? I mean, you got to Costa Rica and you're not a nurse anymore um, in the traditional sense. And so what was the big turning point for you? Well, for me, as for many people, it was 2012. So there was a huge cosmic shift in 2012. And I was part of that. There's many, many. But in 2012, what happened was um, I was married. I have three beautiful children and um, the signs were coming faster and Faster. For example, I was in a yoga class and I thought it was, I lived outside of uh, Minneapolis at the time. And I thought it was the traditional power vinyasa. It took me about half an hour to get to the the class. It was eight o'clock at night. I arrived to the class and discovered it was a meditation. And I thought, So I didn't want to insult the instructor. I didn't want to drive all the way back. So I placed my mat on the floor. And the moment the class began, my spine was on the mat, but it was like someone had um, a string in the center of my chest. And it just pulled me up. I just arched up. And I began to astral travel that night. And what happened was I lifted off my mat and I could see the rest of the class. I saw them all. And I heard some people start to snore. A couple fell asleep. A couple were a little bit restless during the class. And I was traveling through an ancient castle. And I had all of my senses. I could smell the must. I could see. I could hear. Um, And so I was walking down these castle stone stairs. And every other step was illuminated with a candle. And it kind of curved to the right And the tears began to flow down my face while I was in this class because I knew what was at the bottom of the steps before I got there. It was a red door rounded at the top and carved into the door in black. It said, release. And I didn't want to go down because I knew I had to open the door 
And as I'm speaking to you right now, I have all these bumps all over my body. But um, I got to the bottom of the steps and I thought, oh, my gosh. And the door opened up. It's just like, come on, come on in. It opened for you. It happened for me because I didn't want to open it myself. So I entered the space and what I entered was a turret. And I'm not good with feet and stuff, but I'm going to say it was about 20 to 30 feet tall. And I opened the door and across on my right, probably about 10 foot high were the spines of all these books and all the authors started to speak at once. And I'm talking about Faulkner and Shakespeare and all these people that I really didn't know, but I knew they were the ancients. Mm. And this had never happened to you before. This astral travel had never happened? No. Okay, this was the wow. first time. Wow. I'm getting full. Ah, my skin is just <laughs> on fire. And so they all started to speak at once. And because they were talking at once, I couldn't discern a single word they were saying. Huh. Yet I knew the theme. The theme was all of them sharing what they've been through, all the pain and the loss and the joy and the triumphs. And they were there to cheer me on, to just say, go, go, go. Mm. And I looked at the spines of the books and I saw flames. And I looked to my left and there was a fireplace And the flames were dancing and the flames were alive and the flames were a little bit more mischievous, shall I say. And then I heard something call to me and it was a desk. And I turned around and that's when I saw the desk and on the, it was this big, awesome, you know, old and on the desk was an ink quill set type thing and a leather book in the middle of the desk and the desk called to me and as I turned and faced the desk and started to take a couple steps towards it it was asking me to release the names of people in my life and I just hesitated because I know this is a podcast and this is going out (laughs) and I'm like oh so I didn't want to because that was painful so as I'm thinking about continuing my walk towards the desk I thought what about Susie and Jeff they don't mean anything Why don't I just put them down? That's not going to hurt. That's not going to be painful. Why don't I just throw out names that I really don't have a relationship with? Yeah. But I knew that I would just have to come back and do it all again. Right. (laughs) And I had come this far. So I wrote down two names of people that that were and are very important in my life. 
And so I got around and I grabbed a bunch of pages and I took a deep breath and I wrote those names down. And then I grabbed a bunch of more and I flipped the pages and I wrote down my hopes and my dreams. And I walked back to the front of the desk again and I stood there and my arms were outstretched to my side. And I looked up and there was like a glass dome way up at the top, like 20 to 30 feet up. And I began to rise up and I rose past the books and they were still talking. And I rose up into the night sky with the moon and the wind. And it was like I was going home and I was just floating way up above. And it was like our soul, our soul. I don't believe our soul is here to learn a lesson. It's our soul for God's sakes. It already knows. Mm-hmm. Right. It goes back to ancient times. It already was. Yeah. So recovering. Yeah. Right. So our soul doesn't need to learn a lesson, I don't think. I do think we come back here to walk through themes. Mm-hmm. And the more I learn, as they say, the less I know. Yeah. Um, but I was up there and I was just like home. I was home and I felt the warmth and the joy and the love. And then way, way, way down below, I heard the instructor of the class. I forgot that I was in a class. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. And she's like, begin to wiggle your fingers and your toes. I'm like, No, because during the class, as she would speak, I was about 20 seconds ahead of her. Mm. So I was a little frustrated in the physical that she was moving so slow. Mm. And I just thought, no, 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 you've cut my time short. I'm home. I don't want to come back. And then I began to think, oh, this could be bad. Because I'm out floating with my family and what if I get locked inside? How do I get back in? I've never really done this before. Right. This totally sucks. And yet for safety, I should probably wiggle my fingers and toes and come back in. <laughs> right. You know, because yeah. what, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And well, I just want to insert there for anyone who's like, huh, have I had an experience like this? Or what does this mean? You know, um, I've done a little bit of training and some shamanic journeying and things like that. And so you're, you're, and let's talk about this for just a moment. And then I want to sure. hear like where, what that, what change that caused in your life. But so when that's happening, you're accessing the subconscious, you're also accessing um, the, the mystical, you're, you're accessing um, knowledge that is beyond the comprehension of our cognitive, cognitive mind. Right. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's spiritual, it lives inside of you and you're accessing it. But I also do want to encourage people because some people will take um, different kinds of medicines. I don't really want to go into that, but different kinds of medicines to have these kinds of experiences like plant medicines or right. uh, what, what people would call drugs, right? So plant medicines will take you into being able to see these other realms 
But um, as that gets more and more popular in modern culture, because I think we are going through awakenings, we want to know these things, um, you also have to have the knowledge that you have to call yourself back to yourself. Like you can fragment your soul if you start to do demonic journeys or astral travels or things like that. And so if you're having these kinds of experiences, always bring yourself the whole way back. Um, Yeah. And educate yourself (laughs) before doing any plant medicine. That's what I want to say about that. But that's awesome. And thank you. And I didn't do any of that. I just didn't know. Yeah. And right. You just like had this happen spontaneously. Right. Yeah. Yes. Which was clearly like already in you. It was already right. something waiting to awaken inside of you. So yeah. what got, like when you got up that night, how did your life change? Well, at the end of the class, when I went into the locker room, actually, because I had so many tears, I needed to clean them out because they all pooled inside and I needed. And so then at the end of the class, I went to the reception and I talked to the instructor and she asked me how the class was because she knew I was there for a different kind of class. And so I hadn't been there for that kind of class. I was so awestruck by what happened. I didn't speak. And she goes, yeah, you didn't really like it, huh? And I I was just like, uh, no, it was awesome. And at the time, that's all I could say. So moving forward from that, every time I went to the class, I was gone. And so I learned a lot during the summer of 2012. And what I learned was this is the life where you no longer hide This is it. You've done this for lifetimes before. You are safe in your physical flesh. No one's going to hang you, burn you at the stake, drown you, break your knees, whatever. And I won't get into that. But in this physical life, I have lots of knee issues. I've had to have my thumbs surgically And for me, other lifetimes before, I firmly believed they were broken. Yeah. So I could no longer do, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So all those things, some of those things, I'd say about 65%, maybe 72% of past lives we bring to the present ones. And that's a whole nother thing. But so in my attempt to stay on track, so through these astral travels I had in 2012, it was made clear to me I could no longer stay where I was because it was time for me to be, to remember, to gather those pieces of myself, as you said, as a whole. In fact, as you and I spoke of before, I was just at a moon dance in the Central Valley of Costa Rica. I go there um, the second full moon. Our tribe will um, gather. And we were 238 women, and they come from all over the globe. Mm-hmm. But the point I wanted to make in my astrological chart that was read, there was a picture of a snake. And the snake was cut into three pieces. Mm-hmm. And what that meant was I possessed the ancient wisdoms and 
teachings of the past, mm-hmm. but, I, but I need to remember them. Mm-hmm. I, need to make, I need to make the snake whole, uh, put those pieces back. And that's just not me. I think that's all of us. We yeah. all possess that. We all are light in the physical flesh. So getting back to what you were saying, it's really important to remember to come back to your physical being because that's what we are. And we are here to be that. So if you're, if you're out there, that's awesome. That's fun that, but you're not really, doing the work that you're here to do if you're out flying amongst the moon and the stars all, all the time. Right. We have to come back and embody You it. have to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So there's just so much I want to say after all of those truth bombs you just dropped. Um, <laughs> so let me gather. Um, okay. So I think where I'm at first is there are these choice points in each of our lives as women, we all have our own. And I know that some women right now are listening and they're, you know, in the marriage or in the job and they have this inkling that there's something more. And what I just want to say really point blank right here is there is 100% something more. Absolutely. And (laughs) yes, yes. You know, I think my, my first remembrance of, wait, I left something of myself back there. It was right around 2012. I think it probably was mm, the same year. Yeah. And, um, and if I had stayed, and I know that I deliberated forever, like for years, and I had a young son, and, you know, I was like, I could stay here. I, I could stay here. And what I have found afterwards has just been like my own soul. I am remembering my own soul, you know, so this is why we do that. So I just wanted to say that um, first. And then I wanted to say this awareness that you had early in that journey in 2012, that this is the lifetime that you come to be no longer subservient, that you come to speak your truth. And then one of the last things you just said was, we're experiencing this as a collective of women. And I want to say, absolutely, hell yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> All of that, because um, I think there is a, well, there's certainly clearly a massive awakening of women going on on the planet. And this is the lifetime. This is the point in history where we can and must claim our voices. Hmm. I totally agree. Yes. And the world is actually ready for us to do this because this is the lifetime where we're not hung for being a witch. Right. Yeah. We're not strangled for using our voice. Now, yes, of course, these traumas are still happening. Yes. I went through a similar um, realization in the last few years. I was, again, past life visions. I learned through uh, soulmate activation a lot of the time, or that has been core to my awakening. And so um, a soulmate came in and we had an awakening simultaneously where we were both seeing um, – a 
series of past lives, but one core past life. Now, now I believe it was the, it was the lifetime of the original wound of the patriarchy, Mm -hmm. um, where there was this massive betrayal of this soulmate and this love. And I Mm -hmm. lost my life for my voice. And like you were saying, the body pains. So I've had neck pain for years that has accompanied my awakening. And so in this past life, I was tied to a board, like my neck was tied to a board. And I was like, I was choked and I was drowned in that way. And it was so activated when I was in this awakening with this man. And when I was um, remembering this past life for having been killed like that. Anyway, I say all this to say, yes, there's plenty of evidence that we are reliving these things, but they're coming up to be healed. Um, Mm. You know, whether you're like, I used to be a woman, school principal, working a nine to five or longer hours than that, and was struggling with my voice to own my voice. I didn't know about these past lives. I didn't know why Mm -hmm. I was struggling with my voice. But it was really worthy and it kept me going. So I kept following the breadcrumbs to come back to the point of like going deeper and deeper and deeper, like walking toward my soul, walking toward my truth. And then I'm having these past life memories and I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, 10 years ago, I would have never thought I was, I would be sitting here talking on a podcast about past lives. Right. And (laughs) we are so thankful that you are. So thank you, first of all, for all, all, all that. And um, so just to touch on some of the points that you said, or um, while you were speaking, I just got goosebumps repeatedly, just like waves up and down. So it's like, yes, yes, yes. This is the best time to be a woman. Yeah. And yes, there are... Our sisters across the globe are still persecuted and still suffering. And that is why those of us who can speak, we had damn well better speak. Thank you. Not only for ourselves. Oh, I'm, I'm trying not to cry. But for those who cannot speak. Right. So um, this is the greatest time. And I also feel that, I mean... I don't have any like scientific evidence to prove what I'm saying because a, first of all, they're always just a little bit behind quite frankly. Um, But it's just a felt sense that the time is right now and it's really, 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 really crucial. And it's just getting faster and faster and faster. And not that I, I just have this this sense that if you look at like uh, the outline of a, mountain peak we're getting close to the peak not that we're going to lose our physical lives but this is the greatest time to speak our truth is like right now between now and the next three years I'm gonna say Mm -hmm. I don't know why I feel that way but I just think that's so true getting back to what you were saying about speaking your truth and what you shared. I was in Tucson the spring of 2019, long story short. One of the nights I woke up just with this intense 
itching all over. It started in my right palm, went across my chest to my left, my head and scalp, face down my throat, down my torso, into my yoni, in down to my feet, clearly making the sign of the cross. Mm. And then I felt the tissues of my throat start to swell. Like I could actually feel them start to swell. Now, this wasn't the first time this happened to me. So because it wasn't, I knew what it was. But just to make sure, I threw the covers off just to see there weren't any like ants. There were not. And what I did this time is I just began to sing. And as the lump in my throat got larger... I was aware that my breathing was a little restricted, but it was okay. And I just kept singing and singing and singing and giving thanks and praise. And there's more to it than that, which is kick-ass awesome. But to stay on track along the lines of what you were saying, it was very clear to me. And as you and I both know, the fifth chakra, the the in part the creative voice whatever that looks like to us but to use it to open your throat to speak your truth to sing i have a sweet sister here who who has a beautiful voice and she sings and plays the guitar and she's been afraid to yeah Open your voice that we need. It's the work of a lifetime. It's yes. 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 And we all have, I kind of liken it to sometimes we weave this collective web and it's beautiful. It's like creating a, a, a beautiful chocolate cake, but we can't create the chocolate cake if we each bring two eggs. it it, it doesn't work like that then we just have a big bowl of eggs so we each need to come together and and bring to the table our unique gifts and weave this tapestry together and speak our own truths right yeah and i want to you know this is this is not of course, we need to do this with all humans, regardless of gender, right? But on yes, this podcast, we're talking about women. And I go back to something that you said a few moments ago about like sisters around the globe, I mean, including in our backyards. Exactly. Um, don't, don't have the privilege of using their whole voice or have not embodied it yet. I mean, and uh, like zero shame. I'm saying that with zero shame because. I think this is a walk that we're all on at this time as women. But I have two things about that. One, um, I, I went to a retreat recently that was a yoga retreat just for the weekend here locally. And I was hitting reset and I was asking myself some questions about like direction of business and things like that. And the woman who was leading the retreat um, and our soul searching and that moment, (laughs) Um, she said, platform is privilege. Mm. Platform is privilege. And in that moment, I had this resurgence around 
the purpose of this podcast and the work that I do with Women's Voice and the road that I've walked. And I hadn't let myself honor myself for the road that I had walked for a long time, you know, because I've just kind of been on the road. So I didn't like look back at the road. And I thought, I had to fight for this. Like yes. I had to, you know, we we really do earn our voices and um, we lose things along the way. And it's it's sacrifice to have this part of ourselves. So that wanted to be named, but then also raising your voice in the increments that you can in the way that it is safe for you. And then just beyond that, in the way that it is courageous for you. Like, you know, when I invite guests onto this podcast, there's always some nerves. It's like, I'm going to tell true stories now. But us having this conversation seeds awareness and courage in another woman. And so platform is privilege. The second thing I wanted to say is when we rise together, like you're saying, there's really... um, the old bullshit about competitiveness. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I have to, it's like a competitiveness and I have to do it all on my own. So like each woman's like, well, I have to bear this burden and this burden and this burden and have it all under control and be totally on my own. And then the next woman's thinking that and simultaneously we're fighting for our voice or just silent. You know, it's like, it sucks. Right. And so really debunking that we're supposed to do it on our own or that we have to, or that we have to have all the answers. It's like, you know, your color is yellow and my color is blue and her color is purple. And like, we all bring them, like you're saying, like to bake the right. cake. Yep. Like you got the eggs, I got the chocolate, somebody else got the salt. Like, and right. yeah. I mean, and we need each other and we need each other's wisdom and each individual woman, like, yes, she's whole on to herself. Yes. She's uh, connected to a massive, beautiful soul. And um, we need each other and we need each other now to really like anchor in these things on the planet. So I talked for a long time and you are the no, guest. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, that's fine. That just all wanted to be said explicitly for listeners. And and thank you for that. And something else that is, um, for me, that wants to be said too, and um, is that we need a divine masculine men as well. So as we rise as women together, it is not ever, 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 ever to exclude men. Correct. Because to be the divine feminine that we truly are, I feel that the divine masculine within us and outside of us feeds us. We, we, we need that. We support and we feed each other in that way. And we just swirl around and rise up. And at this time, you know, on the outside, as we see in like, the United States in political offices. I don't really remember because I'm here in the jungle and I think what, you know, for a reason, but there was a time where what, not too long ago, a few years ago, over a hundred women in the United States of different 
races and creeds and all that took political offices. Mm-hmm. That's freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time ever. And yeah. so that in and itself is awesome. But just to, just to say, and I know that this is um, a huge part of the work that you do, and thank you very, very, very much, are men hurt too. And so we need to, I feel, however it looks, out of love, 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 we need to help them, you know, as well, walk their truth, speak their truth, and all that kind of stuff so that we walk together. Because as you and I both know, every woman has masculine energy within her as well. Right. Right. I love that you're talking about this because... Oh, thank you. Yeah. And and I want to respect listeners' time, so we won't go the whole way into this. Maybe this is, okay. this is certainly a continued conversation um, for all of us to have. And I, I did it. I When I was looking at reclaiming my feminine, I forgot about my masculine. And what I knew of my masculine was like my masculine had achieved, it had climbed the, the career ladder, but it had left me depleted. Anyway, it wasn't my actualized masculine, but in my walk back to my feminine, I forgot about my masculine. And I neglected to appreciate the beauty of the masculine within me while I was doing that feminine reclamation. So I love that you're naming this because it's actually one of the most important parts of this path, I think, is for us to realize this because the feminine, (laughs) this goes a little bit bigger again, like macro, but I think it's actually going to be the women that help anchor in a new masculine consciousness beyond, beyond patriarchy. Oh, hands down. I just got full body chills yeah. again, Sarah. Thank you for bringing Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There is no other way. Right. There isn't. That's it. Yeah. Right. Right. So like, yeah, I know that it feels like we have a lot of responsibility right now as women. We do. You're not alone. We're doing this together. And, um, yeah, not only do we need to reclaim the sacred feminine within ourselves, but we also need to recognize and uplift the sacred masculine because here I go, because the feminine is actually going to be the portal for the masculine anchoring back onto the planet in in an evolved way. Like we can't look to male bodied people right now and go and point our fingers and say, why don't you understand what the sacred masculine is and get there? It's actually going to be through the feminine that we get there um, through the hearts. So I just get so excited about that. Yeah. 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 Right. And it feels so massive. And like for a long time, I was like, no, fuck that. Like I'm doing enough work. Like it's too fucking hard. I can't, I need somebody else to show up here, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. all of that's really normal. And um, yeah, the more we walk back to ourselves, I think like this is the point, you know, you're saying this is a lifetime where you reclaim you. This is a lifetime where you are no longer subservient. And in doing that and then not fighting, I say that in the intro, we don't get there by fighting. We no. get there by remembering who we are. And yeah. 
in doing that, like we're whole, we're the light you're talking about. We are the love in our heart and we're anchoring that onto the planet. And it makes, it makes way more difference than any one of us know. It truly does. Yeah. 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 And something else just wants to sneak in there and be said too. I think generally speaking, most of us every day can be witness to a scene or a conversation or whatever where we can speak up and say, hey, what you just said or that thing on the screen that you are showing at your restaurant that everybody sees, that's not cool. Yeah. That's so we, so just to say for whatever reason it wants to be said, we generally speaking have an opportunity, I would say at least several times a week to bring that up to bring something up. I remember you shared something recently about uh, an incident you had in a parking lot. That is not cool. Right. That is not cool. So we each have these things. We each get messages sent to us all the time. It gets back to what we were saying before, kind of, sort of, but yeah. So that's all. I just, yeah. And yeah. again, you're you're talking about using the power of voice and the of our voice. voice, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for saying that. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. This is amazing. I feel like we could probably talk all day. I was and- just going to say it's over. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, so tell. Tell people where they can find you on the web. Well, uh, yeah. So um, actually, they can come down. And uh, if I may just drop this in, I am actually facilitating a retreat called Reveal on the Caribbean site here in Costa Rica, October 3rd to the 10th, for all that we just talked about. Mm. Everything we just said, where the jungle meets the sea. Who doesn't want to be where the jungle meets the sea, for God's sake? (laughs) I mean, come on. And so it's all about that. Um, And they can find me at um, Corazon de Virago, C-O-R. I got to see how I can spell this. C-O-R-A-Z-O-N-D-E-V-I-R. Ago.com, which means the heart of the female warrior. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> so uh, that's my site. You can look at what I do. Pretty soon I'll have the retreat info up. Just drop me a line. We can get on a call and chat. Yeah. So that's where people can find me or P.A. Burdett, B-U-R-D-I-T-T at gmail.com. Thank you for asking. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing and sharing yourself and sharing your work and for being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me onto your platform. Platform is privilege. I love that. Thank you. Yes. May we remember. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Sarah. Have a beautiful day. You too. Ciao. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? 
Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.